Hello again, Pastor Deborah here, and this is another global teleministry teaching. I've had some questions sent to me out of the spirit world from some precious, precious both believers in this Christ Jesus and non-believers. They wanted to know what is a broken heart and what does it mean in some an ancient, ancient prophecy out of the Old Testament, Isaiah 61, called Binding Up the Brokenhearted. So today's teaching, teleministry, is to teach on how and what is binding and what is a broken heart. So let's begin. Binding means what? Healing, recovery, putting back together, tying something together that was fragmented. Could be all those. Binding usually means something knit back together, tight, a tight fit. Maybe it had been like a glass that had dropped and been broken into many pieces. And you take some glue and you bind all the pieces back together. Could that be it? What about if you bind up a relationship? What does that mean? Does that mean two people who were angry at, with each other? Had strained relationships? Had said angry words and abused each other? If we bind up that relationship, what does that mean? Does that mean to bring a healing to the relationship between the two people? How do you bind something? Do you use words? Do you use string or ropes? What would you use in the spiritual? And what part of us is broken? We hear a lot in mental health counseling about the soul is fragmented, sometimes broken up into many, many pieces called disassociation identity disorder, which used to be multiple personalities disorders. What caused that? Also, where is this heart that is broken? Is it in your soul? Is it the spirit? Since this is a spiritual teaching ministry, we're going to go into the spirit, into the very heart of the forever person. And we're going to find that heart. Does that mean his beating heart of the spirit? Or does it mean something else? A lot of times when we read books, we're not quite sure what the author really meant and what was really being said. Where and what is the heart? of the spirit that is broken and needs binding up? Does it have a relationship problem with its creator, with other human spirits that need binding, fixing, restored? Well, what would be wrong with the heart? Does the spirit have a, a emotions? Is that what it is? Does it have some kind of beating heart? 
like the physical body does? Is that what it is? What does that mean? A broken heart. Well, if you study it out very carefully, look at other languages and cultures, the heart in the spirit is actually the heart's mind. It's thinking. It is its spiritual relationship to something. It's broken. It's fractured. Is the mind and the concepts and the thoughts and the feelings of the spirit, are they broken and fragmented? Yes. Into many, many pieces. Little ones, big ones, some of them are animals. Even in the spirit, this thing called the gift. This guy named Satan, very, very bad fallen angel, he discovered something about this spiritual abilities of the spirit that when a small child is faced with an enormous uh, experience of great fear or abuse, which fear can be, and I'll tell you a story. This young girl, her name was Tony. That's not her real name. Excuse me. I was working with her. She had grown up in multi-generational Satanism. Her story and testimony is not up yet on the website, but it is called Out of Darkness. When she was five years old, she was born into this family. And she had been used to getting her baths and going to bed. But this night was different. It was a cold night. She was, I think, brought up in Mississippi. And there was a whole lot of people over at her she said. And you'll be able to read this in more details when I get it up. Yes. Takes me a while, but I'm working. So what she said was they gave her a bath, wrapped her up in a blanket, and went in the car. She thought she was going to bed. They didn't do that. They took her to a graveyard. They put her in an empty grave. In the bottom were snakes. They covered the top. What Satan was trying to find out, did this child have the gift? Could she create another personality? Could she fracture her heart, her mind, to survive, to create? So he went looking to see if she had the gift. All people who are born into Satanism and witchcraft, Satan is looking. Now, this isn't a, a gift that has been given to the spirit. Satan knows about it. It is a, a ability to, within the spirit, to create some other image, person, to fracture itself, to break what was one into others so it could survive. So this young, precious girl named Tony, that's not her real name, Oh, she has to stay in this pit with no light, with snakes crawling all around her. And some children, would, the fear of death would be so tremendous, their heart would stop and they would die. But Tony was able to imagine, create, use the gift, and create a helper, someone inside her head that would talk to her. 
and help her. Tell her to keep moving. Don't stop. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. The gift got activated. So in the morning, parents came back and the grandparents, she was alive. They knew she had this gift, that she had fractured and broken her heart, her mind of her spirit to survive. Then from that point, Tony could be programmed, could be uh, continually breaking of her heart, of her mind, many, many more persons to do many different things. I'll have to tell you more of her story. And uh, so that's what happens. The heart of the spirit is its mind, its thinking. Also it is its emotions. Because the spirit has feelings. It can be vexed. It can be grieved. It can be sad. It can mourn. It can be joyful and happy. It can feel free. It can uh, worship and pray and talk, or it can have a broken heart. And in Tony's case, they broke it. Also connected to a broken heart is the spirit's will. That is real important because as long as that will in the spirit resists, fights back, wants to survive, it will break its own heart, its own thoughts. It will split into many. It will become a fractured spirit. Now the core, the very, very core, will sort of go into self-hypnosis trance and protect itself. I'll tell you another story. This one is about candy. And I met one of her created parts through the gift of her broken heart. His name was James. He had been with her since she was two or three years old. Candy was born into multi-generational Satanism. Her family sat in the number one spot of the 13 clans internationally. She had a lot of Jewish blood in her. Through her and her offspring, through her and whoever she married, a high king, which sort of symbolizes Mary and Joseph. From her would eventually come the biological body and the spirit who would re, uh, accept all of her spirits, and it would be called the Antichrist. It would have been eventually conceived in a petri dish. And so Candy, at the time I met her, I did not know this. She didn't tell me. This was all spiritual revelation. So in the story called James the Protector, and she was a teeny-weeny little girl, two or three. The abuse was already horrendous. And they forced, at two or three, the child to discover and use this gift, imagination, creativity, escape, and to break its own heart and to use its will to live. So what happened was James, a teenage boy, was created. So I met him. I'm on the phone one night to Candy. She was my spiritual daughter. Sorry. Which I do uh, spiritually adopt everybody, no matter who they are. Even if it's a government leader, crown prince, doesn't matter, prime ministers, presidents of the United States, politicians, company business leaders. So what happened was I run into James. 
Now, James is a creation of candy, of her brokenness, that she had to fracture her own heart, kick a gift in for survival. What she did was she took some part of herself. She saw that as a small two or three-year-old, teenagers were pretty tough and mean. She created James. James was her spiritual protector, guarded her 24-7. It was really a part of Candy. Candy's core, her little spirit, could sleep. So when I talked to James on the phone, Candy's sort of in the background listening because this is a creation of Candy. Now this story, James the Protector, is on another YouTube channel. Uh, no, I'm sorry, another place on the website and has a video on this YouTube channel. So when I talked with uh, James, I asked him, I said, aren't you kind of tired? I've <laughs> been doing this a long time for Candy. Now remember, this is Candy using her spiritual energy, her free will, and her heart to protect herself. She had learned it even too. There was nobody, no human person, no sp human spirit that would help her, that would protect her and watch over her so her little core could sleep. So James was created through brokenness, a broken so what James said, yeah, he would like to take a rest, but he, he's the only one who could help Candy. And he has to do this 24-7. And he had been doing it. Time I met Candy, she's about 30 or 33 years old. That's a long time for James to be on the job. Now that was Candy's creation of protection. Because in her brokenness and abuse as a two-year-old, she needed help. She didn't know there was other spiritual beings that could help her. So I said, James, well, you know, I know somebody who's a pretty tough guy, and he would like to take your place and protect Candy spiritually if you and Candy would let him. Now, when I talk to a personality of a broken heart to help begin binding up, healing, restoring, recovering this fragment, fragmentation of the heart, of their thoughts and mind and their feelings. I always talked to them as a family. And I said, this guy, Candy sort of knew him. His name was Christ Jesus. But this James had not met him, didn't trust him. And when I'm talking on the phone, it's Candy's voice, but I'm talking to James. In the mental health world, that would be called a multiple personality or dissociative identity. So I said, James, why don't we do this? Why don't you ask Candy, that's the core, if it would be okay for you, James, to take a rest for 24 hours. And let's see if this Christ Jesus could maybe take over your job for you so you could rest, go do some other things, and you wouldn't have to work so hard. So he goes off, always give him time to kind of have a family meeting. So you go ask Candy. So this part has to go ask the core. And he comes back and he says, Candy says it's okay if we try this. She's not real sure, but she'll give it a try. So I said, okay, let me pray. Father, 
James is so tired. He's been doing so good for Candy. Remember, Candy's listening. Her core is listening. It's in a trance. It's hiding. It's frightened. And, Father, let your son, the king of heaven, the mighty shepherd, come down and watch over this precious little lamb, this candy, and let candy see if this shepherd, this Christ Jesus, could take James's place. Amen. So, James went off. Where'd he go? I don't know. So, 24 hours later, I called back to Candy. And what I say is, Candy, how did he do? How did this Jesus do? And James answered me, checking my microphone. He said, he did okay. I said, well, would you like to take a permanent rest? Now, remember, I'm talking to Candy's core, the fractured part of Candy, the broken-hearted Candy. The fearful Candy, who has had to learn throughout her life that she is the only one spiritually that can protect her. So I said, do you think, did Candy say it was howdy-do? James goes off again, he's quiet on the phone, and says, well, she said he did okay, and she felt safe with him said, how would you like him to take your spot permanently? Now, what I'm doing is I'm asking Candy if she would let this shepherd, this king of heaven, take his rightful place in her life to guard her spirit and protect it. See, even though a part of Candy believed in this Christ Jesus, he couldn't take this place and bring restoration, bind up this broken heart. As James was there, it was Candy herself who was protecting herself. And this Christ Jesus, the shepherd, said, I'll take that job if you'll let me. So James went back to Candy, quiet again on the phone for a few minutes, and he comes back, says, she says it's okay, he can take She'll be safe. So I prayed another prayer. Father, let your king from heaven, your son, this mighty shepherd, take his rightful place in Candy's life. Stand guard over her 24-7. Bring with him his mighty angels. And let James have a rest. Amen. James was gone. Candy's heart, her will, had received this Christ Jesus into that place in her life where he, the shepherd wanted to be. Now, he would be there. Did that part of Candy's broken heart get bound up, healed, and restored? Yes. Is that what spiritual binding of the broken heart looks like? Yes. Just one part. Another part is the spirit has had a broken relationship with a spiritual mother and father. Tell you another story to show you how this works. With Candy again. I always got words of knowledge from the Holy Spirit on what the father wanted to work on with her next. We did a lot of deliverance work right on the phone. 
And this one was, she had had a family. Every time I talked to her, I said, how is your family doing? Now, I meant, how is your biological brother, mother, and sister doing, and your three kids? But when she answered me, she, she interpreted, how was her demonic family doing? To Candy's spirit, she was a demonic spirit. Her children were demonics. Her mother, biological mother, everybody was just demonics. So when I would ask her, she said, oh, they're fine. They're doing great. And they were. They had not been dislodged. God had to cast those things away from her so that the new family, which she was strained from, broken from, fractured from, could be bound up, restored to her. She could not allow this God that's on the kingdom of heaven be her father. She already had one named Satan. She couldn't have any spiritual mother like me. She had a demon that was her spiritual mother. She had brothers and sisters. She couldn't have any brothers and sisters of Christ because she already had them. She couldn't know the family of God. She already had a family, except they were from the other side. I didn't tell Candy. Sometimes it was private, quiet stuff. And then when I got the word, I did the prayer. And I cast those things out of Candy's life spiritually. And I brought binding. Now Candy's spirit could get to know her new family, her brothers and sisters in Christ. She could see her children as spiritual beings, not demonics. She could have me as her spiritual mother. And I would help her and connect with her until she was ready to meet personally in the spirit, this heavenly father. So what happened was when I did that, I asked her the next day how she was doing. She said, I've never been without them. And we hear that heart cry on the cross. Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? These spiritual beings to Candy's spirit. Is all she's ever known as a family. James would protect her from them the best he could. Now she was all alone. She knew that it was the right thing to do. Because now she was free. Binding had occurred. Restoration of that broken heart. Fractured. Controlled by Satan and his team. It was free now to meet her new brothers and sisters in Christ spiritually. To get to know a true spiritual mother, Pastor Deborah, and to meet this heavenly father when it was right. Was that the binding of the broken heart? A family relationship? Yes. What else was a broken heart? How about the will? Did it have to surrender? survive yes was that a part of the heart yes candy want spirit wanted to live and it would bend and it would bow and it would do whatever it needed to do it was never free never at peace so we had to do some work there were candy's emotions all messed up yes was she more sad and depressed yes was she more susceptible to torture and depression
depression is. Because what was in the spirit would come out to her soul. So I was working and binding up, healing and restoring this broken and fractured heart, her very mind. It had been living in darkness, been lied to and deceived by these spiritual things. Tell you another story. With Candy, there's a lot of them. She's a great one. And with all these to learn about spiritual things. So what happened is Candy um, was so fractured. Now she was a multi-generational Satanist. In any kind of abuse, any kind of drugs, trauma, torture, the spirit will fracture. It will break its own heart. It will try to survive, but it can't. So it will use the gift to survive. So in this case, some things had set up a throne room in Candy's mind, her spiritual mind, inside her heart of hearts, her very holy of holies within Candy very place where Candy's spirit would worship and commune for most of her life was Satan himself. That's the place where God wanted to be. So in this case, uh, I was able to see into the Candy's throne room inside her spirit through the gift of discerning of spirits. And what I saw were two thrones through chairs. One had a mighty king all dressed in regalia. And he was sitting there, excuse me. And there was a queen next to him. Now I knew that was not what they really looked like. But that's what they were spiritually presenting to Candy's spirit. Inside her broken, fractured heart, her very mind of the spirit, its thinking, its concepts, its eyes, and its free will. Candy had a king and a queen ruling from a throne room in her spirit. I knew that's not what they look like, so I prayed. Father, whoops, sorry thing does that everyone. Father, make these two stand up and disrobe. I needed Candy's spirit and whoever else was watching in the spirit. Candy knew that she and I were on display spiritually. People from all over the world were watching us spiritually work to see if I had the goods, if this God that I served had some power. If I could learn and knew things that only they knew. So, their clothes disappeared. And what did we have before us? Two big Trianosaurus Rexes. Now, that's still not their real appearance. But that is what they used to intimidate and threaten and put deep fear into the spirit. Because when those dinosaurs ruled planet Earth, these fallen demons saw them, and they used their images 
to create spiritual images of themselves. They don't want the spirit to see what they really look like. Tyrannosaurus Rex is the T-Rex. They're bad looking enough. They roar. These would roar with fire like a dragon, but really they're much worse looking. And if they really showed what they really look like to Candy's spirit, Candy would have never, ever accepted them. But she would take a king and a queen. So they covered up two or three layers of deception. Well, I ordered them out, out excuse me, of the land, the territory, the kingdom called Candy, out of her spirit, because she had been accepted Christ Jesus as the new king in her life. He just wasn't sitting on the throne yet. So what happened was one left, but this one, the king, uh -uh. and actually I learned who they were. It was they represented to Candy King Ahab and Jezebel. Jezebel was the tough one. It, but it left. I had this King Ahab. But it was really more of a Jezebel type king. He wasn't going to leave. I had to call for the archangel, Michael. He's a great, mighty warrior and some others to come down and lasso that thing and drag it spiritually out of Candy's spirit. Her spirit had been broken and fragmented. And I declared it will never come back to the land, the territory called Candy. And then came in the king of heaven, cleaned it up, put his throne in there, which was his word of God. His son came, and she's already believing in it, but she had never had these spiritual experiences. So I was slowly healing a spiritually broken, fragmented heart. The mind, the will, the emotions, the relationship. Slowly was being bound up, restored. And while this was going on, excuse me again, somebody else's heart needed binding up, for it too had been broken. The Father himself. The Father himself loved Candy. And his heart was aching, and sorrowful, and full of mourning, because he wanted to be in his rightful place with Candy. But he couldn't, because these other things were in the way. And Candy's fear of him was so tremendous. So his heart needed healing. And as he directed me to help Candy, his heart himself was being healed. For it too was in great pain. It had been in great sorrow for Candy. Now what you will learn when you read the story, when I get it up, a lot of it, Candy was illiterate. She could not read. She had no teeth. She was on probation from Kentucky. She had three children who were all on Social Security disability, and so was Candy. She had been married, beaten up. They all had mental health problems. And when I met her, she was on probation. And uh, the story, how it went, was she took her three kids to a park. She ran into a Christian lady who had some kids. 
And they started talking, and Candy's little one had lost some socks. So this Christian lady said, I'll be glad to bring them to you. And they got talking, and Candy said she was a Satanist and very proud of it. And that frightened this lady. So she goes home, and she calls her spiritual supervisor in the Bible school she was at. And he advised her, don't you call her, because her friends play for keeps. I had four phone calls that day from the church, from the spiritual advisor, and from this girl. Somebody, want, they wanted me to call Candy and get her saved. I said, well, why don't you do it? But they were all afraid that somebody or something was going to come and kill them. So I called up Candy on the phone. It happened to be October the 31st, Halloween. She had never been to the church that I had been. I'd never met her. Didn't know what she looked like. And I said, uh, the church called me, the lady that you met. Uh, she said you were a Satanist. She said, oh, yeah, I've been a Satanist all my life. Um, she told me the story of her father. He had died about six months ago. Got a spider bite or something. And they were, and the family is what it's always called. Was giving her about a year off to mourn that and stuff. She ran into me. And I said, well, what did this lady, she said, well, I looked in her eyes. She had something. I said, well, what did she have? She said, she had some kind of joy. And I don't have that. Happiness, if I get it, they can take it away. And I said, well, that's no problem. I can get that joy to you. I don't have it. But I know somebody who does. His name is Christ Jesus. He would love to give it to you. So you would have it. They can never take it away. Would you like to have it? Yes, I would. I said a quick prayer, boom. In comes the Holy Spirit. I went over the next day, took some of my son's uh, blue jeans. I took teddy bears, videos. And I went and asked the little three kids. I think one of them was about 10. One was about 7 and one was 5. Jesus loves you. Do you love him? Yes, yes, yes. Boom, boom, boom. And it became a war for three years. But that's how Candy and I met. So Candy's heart was broken. Her soul was broken. It wanted to love, but it couldn't. Every love had strength. She'd been married and beaten and lost her teeth. Uh, her family was all in Satanism and witchcraft. The demons would lie, cheat, and steal and deceive. And the story, how it was goes, she had this year off, and what was happening? She was to remarry a high, high king of another clan. And then her and him were to have a baby, and they would start having the ones that would produce the Antichrist. And she doesn't tell me any of this. I get it from words of knowledge. But she would, her three kids would go back into Satanism, away from her, be severely, severely broken, abused, tortured. They'd have no memory of her. Uh, they were all of mixed blood, which means in Satanism, you're only allowed to really have children based on who he says, genetics and spiritually. And as you know, marriage was always a contract between governments, nations, to promote trade, make peace. A daughter would marry a king to keep another country. 
These were all contracts. And she was going to lose her three children. And she'd have new. She knew that. And I used to have to tell her all the time the only thing that was standing between her three children and going back into Satanism and being so horrendously abused that a young girl, she would probably become a breeder. She was half and half. But the oldest boy may be a high king, but the middle one, he sacrificed. Candy couldn't stand that. She loved him. And I said, you better hang on to me because you're the only thing standing between death and them. And she did for three, four long years, every single night on the telephone. We did deliverance work. We taught. I took her to her first Christian church. She couldn't stay. The demons got too manifesting. Did a lot of deliverance work. And then at some point, I would pass her off to a Christian people. They would take her her next season. My job was to get in the dirt with Get deep in the spirit, bind it up, cast things out, bring freedom and hope to her spiritually, and then hand her off to the body of Christ. I was one of those special operations dropped me behind enemy lines. She tried, she used to invite me over like for Thanksgiving or Easter. I said, Candy, not in your life to do that. I'm here to do deliverance work and get you ready go into a church. And her story goes, she actually did after we got about two, three to four years of hard deliverance work. A lot of times she would trance out and go into trances. And it was just me and the demon. Satan would come through her many a times and talk to me. And he would say, I can smell you. Did you know demons can smell your spirit? It either has a beautiful, fragrant smell of righteousness and holiness or it stinks Have you ever been around death in the natural there's a fragrance to it if you have spiritual leprosy cancer we learn in the natural that even dogs can smell if you're having an epileptic seizure because there's fumes and fragrances that are given off and the same is true in the spirit I could smell death sometimes. She was real good at it. So we did this, and eventually uh, she got to the point, and she found a church her father had attended trying to get out. And she uh, went to it, told her testimony. Now she could, she had a lot of deliverance work, and she could go in it. She actually gave up her social security and became an evangelist, traveled around telling her story. Her brother, one of her brothers, he was bisexual, uh, and he was going to a Jewish church here in town, Pensacola. And he kept telling her, you keep going, Candy. And he was murdered. Her older brother, he actually had a steel plate in his head. and He actually was in the Navy, but he couldn't drive anymore. And her mom and she had a sister, and uh, they were all in. And Candy wanted to love people, and she wanted her soul part of her to be healed, have loving Christian parents. Well, that didn't work out too well. Mama would lie. She met these pastors over in Alberta or Foley, Alabama, or Lillian. They pretended to be Christians, but they were really a satanic couple. And Candy's heart, her soul, and spirit would get fractured again. Another trauma, another hit. Because she wanted to have true people. Oh boy, 
just I used to have to fight hard with her. Uh, sometimes she would call me. She was out taking a walk. She would get tranced out, knocked out, picked up in a car, get into an airplane, flown to a Kentucky or somewhere, and go to a meeting. And they would tell her, you can live if you'll renounce this Christ Jesus. And she, on this one, when she told me and um, that she didn't, angels came then. But she had to be tested. And then the angels brought some cars and stuff and got her and her kids out. A lot of times, every Friday night, I knew what was going to happen. I cried. I begged her. I knew it was going to be her. I didn't know if she was going to live or die most weekends. She was easily tranced out. And how it worked in her, in her brokenness, it worked this way. She would have one part. She'd be getting ready to fix dinner. She'd hear a sound. A phone would ring with a certain code or a certain music. And the next thing you know, she's walking down some steps of her trailer. Then she'd be triggered, and another one would walk the sidewalk. Another part of the fractured broken heart would get in a car. Another fractured part would talk to the people. Another fractured part would get out of the car at the airport. Another fractured part would walk up the steps of this airplane. Another fractured part would sit in it, and on and on it went. So she physically and her kids got to this meeting somewhere. And when she got back, all she ever, her conscious part of her, the candy part, only remembered going down the steps. She knew nothing of what happened spiritually. And that was always Satan's plan. Fracture and break the spiritual heart the very mind of the spirit, the very thoughts, help them through to develop this gift of identity creation. Help them to learn how to self-hypnotize, train them. So healing, binding up the, a broken heart, doesn't mean a soul, but it can. But the soul's reflection of fear and depression Anxiety is fear. I don't like to use that word. That's a mental health word. I like to use fear. Because what anxiety is, is the fear of death. You're going to die. A panic attack is an extreme attack of the fear of death. When you say the word anxiety, you kind of minimize what's really going on. So what happened was, I had to, I cried many Fridays. I didn't know if she was going to live or die. And how I had to learn to trust God and what was going on. I was going to church. hadn't heard from her. I was going to drive by her trailer. And I was going to see if she was there. Maybe knock on her door. And I chose no. I will drive by the street. I will trust God. That he has his hand on her. And she was either going to be alive or she was going to be in heaven with him. And he would tell me. So as I passed by her street. The Holy Spirit said to me, because you did not choose the way of flesh. You did not choose your own way to find out. And you trusted that the answer would come. What your heart desires to know, you will find. So I drove a little bit more up to the intersection. There she was with her mama. She was okay. Because a lot of times she had no memories of this. Because it was sometimes it was just her spirit that was taken. And those are some other stories later.
So binding up spiritually broken heart. It's a powerful ministry. It requires a lot of spiritual knowledge to know how to wield the word of God in prayer, know what is broken, know how what has happened to the spirit, to know what areas of the spirit is involved, how to heal the fracture of this relationship between a family, between a mother and a father, to understand that this fracturing, this brokenness, it lives in darkness now. It's like it has poison in it. It needs to be cleansed, and that poison needs to be drained out. Because the mind is not whole. It's broken. The free will is all, it, it to survive, it goes into a trance. It's gone. We'll leave its body. We'll let somebody else take its uh, place. A lot of healing and putting it back together. And that's usually what God does for a long time till they're ready to hear that the old, broken, fractured heart actually died and went to the cross with him. And what came out um, out of the tomb, excuse me, just my lunch, <laughs> So what happened was, until you get there, he heals it up. Then your thoughts, your spiritual heart, can think again. And then you start learning that the old you, that old broken, fractured, split, fragmented spirit, not only from your family, with inside of you actually died and God didn't put it back together what he did was he took it put it on a cross with him and it died with him and then we're told that when he rose up again and he slipped back into his physical body we call it Easter morning he put you, a new spirit that had never broken, fractured. You were brand new, a baby. And the old thing that was so broken, fractured, had been healed. How? Death claimed the old. And a new thing was created. Now, the spirit doesn't know that, doesn't take that on. It's sort of a new identity. Uh, there's a great story. In it. That new identity is actually the new wineskin of the spirit. And the new wine that goes in is all the new truths and light. But until somebody is ready to give up that old self, it is satisfied with the old flat wine. So enjoy this tele-ministry, this global tele-ministry. reason I'm finishing up somebody is cutting their grass, which is what I'm fixing to go do. Enjoy this. Learn about healing the brokenhearted. It's more than the soul. It is the soul. 
It's also family relationships. It's every part of the spirit so that it can learn that it is really a new creature that has never, ever been abused. It's not a victim. It's not a survivor. It's never been married, never had sex. It's not a male or a female, but it's new. It's beautiful and righteous and holy. It's a baby. It has to learn. So healing the brokenhearted. It's like you need to first get in the ICU, get your stable, and we'll sit down with you and say, now, the old you died. Let's learn who you are now. Let's start taking on this new whole identity that the old broken heart and mind and thoughts and they're all gone. So you have to learn about this new you before you can live out of it. So once again, enjoy this global tele-ministry of Pastor Deborah. Love always and forever. Enjoy and hope to see you again. Take care and remember, there is hope for healing the spiritual broken heart.